0: welcome to dentology the business of dentistry podcast in this podcast we delve into the non-clinical aspects of dentistry with inspirational guests from across the profession you will hear incredible life stories pick up valuable business tips and be entertained i'm andy acton and i'm joined by my co-host chris Jevons.
1: iman this is a breath of fresh air isn't she her energy She's fabulous. I, I'd say we, we've met her so many times. And it is f- strange, as those people who listen to podcast. Um, she's done a lot and she is so young. But somehow, because we've seen her a lot, you sort of forget that mm. she's young, if that makes yeah. sense. I think she's a
0: great example of the power of, of networking and yes. kind of networking with purpose. And that's not to say it's contrived, but just by being a great networker, mm. It gets you great visibility and profile, but as she was saying when she was talking, it's led to a great job opportunity yeah, through her really. network. So, it a- an interesting the power of story, it. you
1: know. Even in somebody who really has only been in dentistry, I suppose. When did she qualify? Twenty. So what's that? Uh, yeah, three years. Twenty fifteen or whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, her impact and what she's learned. I love the thing about the dual um, hospital yes. NFD, which anyone listening is fascinating yeah Um, just brilliant just really good
0: and also that real kind of sense of family and you know keeping things together and and staying local uh it's really important to it it's a lovely chat yeah no it's lovely it's a lovely chat
1: it's always a good day when it's a podcast day isn't it it is brilliant love doing them it's like um chatting and we're pretending to be working
0: it's the best job in the world, isn't it? It's, it's kind yeah. of like just being nosy and picking in on people's lives. And we're getting paid for it as well. Yeah. Even better. Exactly. <laughs> oh, what
1: more could you ask So
0: what? today, today, ladies and gentlemen, um, we have an absolute stalwart, a star of the dental profession joining us. Lots of you will know her. Uh, if you've been to a dental event in the last few yeah. years, you'll definitely know her. Yeah. Um, and today we're joined by Iman Khalid. Iman's a, a dentist on the Young Membership Committee of the BACD representative for Dental tubules, and also general secretary for the West Yorkshire BDA. So she's a busy lady. Welcome in, Mum.
1: How are you? I'm
2: good, thank you. Thank you for having me on, guys. No, it's No, not at all, not at all. Thank
1: you for joining us. I'll tell you what, it is quite weird, isn't it? I've known you and spoken to you for a number of years, and it's only now I'm thinking, actually, you're quite young. Do you know what I mean? You seem to have been around for quite a long time.
3: No, 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 But do you know
1: that thing? You sort of think, I've known you for ages and obviously we've been doing this for flipping decades. And looking at that intro, it's like, Flip, you are sort of like an ever-present person. It's amazing. I, I,
0: I think a lot of it is testament to yeah. your, your good work, yeah. your, your networking skills, but yeah. also you've... You've immersed yourself in dentistry in in so many different ways, and, and she's yeah. quite nice as
1: well. Yeah, and and
0: and I think that's that's good for you. It's it's, it's it's good for the profession. But we'll have a chat later about kind of how that starts to impact some younger dentists in yeah. terms of some of the groups that you're involved in. Yeah, um, but you are you are like I say a lot. A lot of people will know you. Yeah, if, uh, amazing. If they've been to they've been I'll to dental Yeah. Exactly, (laughs) exactly. But before we get to that, let's get back to the beginning, because you're very proud of your West Yorkshire roots from Huddersfield, uh, from a large family, being the youngest of six children. So it must have been a busy household with lots of stuff going on. Um, Yeah. What was that household like? How's that shaped you to be the person you are today?
2: I think, do you know what, it's actually given me a lot of values and it's given me a lot of like family values, but also it's really incorporate the morals that I have and the respect I have for people has come from seeing that through my family um and i think for my culture as well from that side of stuff as well it's really helped but i think back in the day having a big family as an as it from the asian pakistani community it's quite a, it was quite a common thing um we by far we were not a very rich family we lived in a three bedroom house and there was eight of us in that all together so wow. it was very very close knit family um obviously you get on top of each other at times but um mm. i've got one brother i've got um four sisters so there's more of them are sisters, like we we fight loads, but we also have a lot of love for each other as well. Wow. Um, but yeah, for definite, uh, it was something has helped me have like a voice because you have to be able to have a voice to be able to hear that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Just to be heard.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for definite. Yeah. So I'm the youngest out of six, but yeah.
1: Any any medics or dentists or anything in there?
2: Yeah, so we've got a bit of a, a mix. Everybody's kind of in like the, the medical kind of aspect of field. So my brother's the eldest, he's a doctor. Um, and then I've got a sister who's head of blood transfusion for two private hospitals. Um, and then I've got a sister who's a nurse. I've got a sister who's doing a PhD, but also works part-time in a private hospital. And then I've got a sister who's, uh does like business and finance for a private hospital. So she's not... Medically, oh, wow. it field.
1: And so what yeah. did your mum and dad? What was your mum and dad's sort of jobs and such?
2: Um, so my dad was an engineer, and my mum's always been a housewife. So that was that was the day that I was in our house.
0: So so, so prior to your mum and dad, yeah. if you go across the family into kind of aunts and uncles, yeah. um, are there medics or dentists in there? Because just it just seems incredible that That's the six yeah. in, in in the a caring, caring all, professions. It's amazing. amazing. Like you and your siblings are, are yeah. connected in healthcare one way or the other.
2: Yeah. Um, no, so none of my, I think we were like the first generation that went to university. So my dad went, like did the apprenticeship route when he came here from Pakistan. And mm-hmm. my mum's brothers and sisters, my dad's brothers and sisters didn't really go to university or anything like that. Um, a lot of them are still back in Pakistan. Um, so um, for us, it was probably, don't want to sound like big headed from out of my cousins, I'd probably say we are the, probably the most educated. But I think that comes with us being based in the UK as well compared to... Well,
0: and was there was there family pressure um, <laughs> to get good education because that will give you better prospects in the future
2: i think i think in general the asian community is quite very much like doctor dentist lawyer kind of those kind of vocational where you get straight into it but i think my family it was a bit different in that respect is like mm. my parents came here when they were very young my mom came here when she was 13 14 my dad was here when he was 8 um, so they've all, most of their oh. all of their life have been spent in the UK. So they were like, we want you to do whatever you want as long as you enjoy it, but I have to be financially stable at the end of it. We don't want you to be dependent on us or anybody else. And I think that's really important. Um, whereas a lot of people, especially with females, are a bit more like, yeah, you go to university, get a job, mm. uh, you'll be married. and they stand, My parents have been very much like pro-education first and everything like that first.
0: Right. Wow. So, what was the what was the trigger for you to do dentistry? Were your role models your older siblings, or was there another do something influence? Different. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: It was a. Um, I think it was a, a mixture, really. So, with my brother be the doctor? He was like, "Don't do medicine. It's not worth mm. the stress of it." So that was for like me, like was like a like a like a, a cross in the box for me. And then <laughs> I always knew that there was. And I was always stronger at like my sciences and my maths, and I was naturally quite talented at those without having to try as hard as I would do in other subjects such as English. I hate mm. English. I used to just make up what I'd write basically. Um, but for me then it was just exploring. So I did some work experience in optometry, in pharmacy and dentistry. And then dentistry was just the one that I felt like I could see myself doing more than out of all of the other ones. So for me, yeah. that's what really sued me. And then, um, yeah, I also... That I had braces, which is like obviously giving me a bit more of interest, and then I'd also had trauma to my teeth where I'd like my sister whacked a seatbelt into my mouth. Do you know in the olden cars where you used to have yep. a seatbelt? So she opened that and hit me in the face, so she chipped my tooth. I banged at the bottom of the swimming pool before, so I've had a little bit of. It's all all the work in my mouth has been from trauma. It's all at the front. So right. <laughs> apart from that, uh, yeah, no, that I think there was little things like that, and it was always very. Uh, patient focus and it was like a lot of uh detail to what you Mm. were doing and i found that really interesting like you know you're working in such a tiny environment but you're doing such Mm. a intricate job and i found that really um um something that i was really interested in
1: cool and where did you trauma uh, thing sorry i was was gonna say that that trauma thing we've uh, had there's a few people isn't it that Mm. sort of has been there <coughs> not inspiration, but has been part of their journey to becoming yeah. a dentist because they had their teeth repaired or saw someone else who had their yeah. teeth repaired. It's has got an interesting mm. one. I think it's a thing we've said before
0: as well, that um, when somebody has, you know, trauma in their mouth of some sort or other as a dentist, being able to perhaps take the person out of pain, mm. but then also restore their smile. I think yeah. sometimes it's easy as a dentist to forget that yeah, that's definitely. just your job but the yeah. impact it has on that patient's life yeah, for the amazing. next 20, 30, 40 years is truly <laughs> remarkable, truly yeah. remarkable.
2: Yeah, for definite. Like, sometimes you don't see it, and then like, when the patient has a reaction in the chair sometimes, it's like, God, I caused that. Like, I yeah. nine, nine times out of ten, it's a positive one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Just yeah, um, like, I, I caused that. It's like, and it's like, you just think it's your bread and butter and you're doing it you're doing yeah. what you do mm. do to get to that that result. But then for that patient, it's like, oh, I've been worried about this for so long, and like you've just changed my life in a matter of hours. This, that, and the other. I've not been able mm. to smile or whatever. And it's just like, God, I've done that. And it's just, it's something that I do day in, day out. But it just shows yeah. that, you know, we can have working in the mouth itself is such an intimate area to work in. Mm. Being that close to somebody as well, and being in their mouth. Mm. There's, there's only really two people you, you have your partner or your dentist in your mouth, really. Yeah. So that's yeah, the only yeah. two people that you're in there. So they have to have that trust and that um, confidence in you as well. So I think that's, that's
0: really
3: important.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. You're right. And, and, and I, I think it's always sad. Quite often we see dentists at the end of their career. Um, yeah. And sometimes they've, they've lost, lost that, that yeah, yeah. you know, that that star's kind of, it's not as bright as it perhaps yeah. once was in terms of the impact that they have on patients. So to hear you yeah. talking about it, you know, with such energy and excitement is lovely. Yeah. And it would be lovely if everyone could no. kind of re- retain that. Where did you go to dental school, Emma?
2: At uh, Leeds, so I stayed, stayed oh. at home. <laughs> <laughs> stayed local. Yeah, but it was, it was a bit of a, a tricky situation, to be fair, because – uh, I went to a college which is local to the Huddersfield. At the time, the year that I graduated—oh, well, not graduated. Sorry, the year that I finished from that uh, college, it was mm. for the UK's best college because of the grades and stuff. It was quite a big college, um, mm. so it was two thousand students. And for the last five years, for medicine and dentistry from my college, nobody had got into Leeds, and it was like there's no point applying to Leeds because you're just wasting an application.
1: Oh, um, yeah. And.
2: So we were always told that by our um the people who like would go to like the creator's advisor this that and the other and our tutors and they were like just don't do it you're wasting an application nobody's been accepted for five years, and I had this conversation with my mom because I knew that I didn't want to I'd struggle moving away from home but, like being so close, close to my family yep. and being a baby I think I was a little bit mollycoddled a little bit by everybody a little bit, um so like a little like, bit. A little bit, just a little
1: bit. (laughs) And she admits it.
2: (laughs) That's the main thing, me admitting it.
1: It is Um, admitting it, yeah.
2: Yeah. And then so I said to my mum, and she was like, Look, I really hope that you get somewhere close by. There's like,
3: Mm.
1: at
2: the end of the day, apply if you really want to. And I did. And uh, I got uh, an interview, I went to it, and I actually thought that I wouldn't have got a place. Mm. Um, And when I did get a place, I was quite shocked that I did get a place and I was had to go to the um college and like make sure with the they was like, Oh, you applied and you got a place and I was like, Yeah. She was like, You're the first one in five years, like well done. Like, what did you do differently? And I I honestly hand on heart can't say what I did differently to anybody else who may have applied previously. It was really powerful.
0: Yeah. Well, what's really cake. powerful as well is it, 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 it will now change the outlook of the people that work in the college yeah. to say to students in yeah, the future, definitely. we have had a student that's gone to Leeds, yeah. so yeah. do apply, because the problem is these these things for for, for no reason – could really impact people and, and how they go about things. Whereas you kind of, you know, it's, through the support of your family, kind of did it and it
1: worked. It's sort well. of ridiculous, isn't it? Where yeah. we are? You know, no one's been there for five years, so don't worry about it. You know, don't even bother. And the reality is, nobody really knows what those five, yeah. those people could have been just terrible.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> very, very true. And the yeah. people, there was a couple of people after me. And I was like, it was so nice to see that. Oh my God, you're from Greenhead. That's so good. And she was like, yeah. you're like, you were the first one after five years. And I was like, yeah, I was. Nice. Not special but like. <laughs> nice.
0: That's really, yeah. Cool. Yeah. really cool. Really yeah. cool. So you qualified in 2020. <laughs> yes, I did. Um which is obviously um the covid year. So how much did covid impact your dental school I, experience?
2: So dental dental school wise, um I even if I'm an honest opinion, I don't affect think it affected as that much. I think we got mm because uh, we were coming out of fifth year so yeah retiring, yeah, yeah. You, yeah so we had about four clinical weeks left which in clinical sessions is about a week worth of dentistry yes. which if you look at in the state we take a week off to go on holiday it's not a massive yeah. amount. Mm. it's not a massive amount so for us it was more like miss like have not having the exams and then not having to present our cases was probably the biggest yep. uh thing that we we missed out on so what, did you do?
0: so what did you do about your exams? So did we
2: so we had them online and they were well they were I don't know if they were open book actually. Were they open book? But they were they were some They were for you. Yeah <laughs> 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 I think they were I think they were they were timed sorry they were timed they were, right. open, they were timed 24 hours so people could have used right. resources. Yep. But the thing is I wanted to be true to myself and not not be the person that I was like oh reading through books spent hours and hours on doing it, because you start second-guessing yourself. Yeah, um, yeah, it yeah, quite, yeah, It was quite a difficult time, because I was looking after my father, who was quite unwell as well, and then p- trying to protect him from, obviously, COVID and stuff like mm. that as well. So it was quite a it's quite a difficult time. But also, they made the exams very much like a scenario-based. So it wasn't something that you could just go and pick up a book mm. and find mm. an answer in it, what they're looking for. It was very much like uh, a more advanced type of question where you'd have to mm. really find your own true mm. meaning to it so it wasn't something that you could be like oh yeah the answer of this is an x y and z book so i just sat there and i was like that's be a true reflection of myself like me who are you going to be kidding if you're going to be if you're if you're using yes. resources like you're only going to be lying to yourself really mm. um well right, that's
0: a very that's a very long-term grown-up view to take because lots yeah. of people saw, just got to get through the exam Whatever yeah. it takes, get through the exam. Whereas you're yeah. kind of saying, no, I need to use my knowledge and make sure that I prove yeah. to myself that I understand it.
2: Yeah, and I think that's that's something that's ingrained in me. Is like it's really important. If I have, I have to be true to myself, otherwise mm. there's always this constant guilt with me, and I don't I don't like that. And that's why for me it's a it's a it's a really important aspect
0: mm. for me. Mm. Yeah. So you obviously graduated. So was that was that an online graduation service? Did you actually get no. to graduate in? in physical space
2: yeah but it was a year and a half later <laughs> so it was oh, like right. actually more it was april 2022 that we oh, graduated wow. and yeah so it kind of lost its sentiment i think a little bit and they mm. combined our graduation with the year below so it was like i could have been sat in it because it was alphabetical order i was sat next to either side of me i was sat next to a person who wasn't in my year so it was it didn't really mm. like a even though i probably knew them in passing it wasn't like it was just my year. it was like everybody mm. was together to go and do um to go and do that um yeah graduation so it was nice to see everybody again cuz obviously it must everybody have taken is- forever <clears throat>
1: yeah cuz you know reading out everybody's names from like i think two and half years.
2: Kings, kings has got a lot more people than for example at leeds we only got about 80 students so it was about 160 if oh. people came so yeah
1: right can you imagine that though I yeah. uh, can gone <laughs> <laughs> <Come> <laughs> it's just unbelievable like, get up walk around shake your hands <laughs> yeah a long time
0: so you are then obviously graduated and yeah. then you then worked in general practice and also in hospital at the yeah. same time which yeah. is, is quite unusual um yeah. so why did you one, yeah. one, one why did you choose that <laughs> and and how, how are those two experiences How? what's the differences between them compare them
2: so um, a lot of places uh, offer where you do, obviously you do your FDA which is a foundation year yeah. and then you can do a dental core training year which is in hospital and you normally mm. do that if you want to experience hospital life some people do it because they just want to experience it some people do it because they want to go into specialising and then you need at least two years of that roughly, before you could apply uh, for specialty training. Um, So, for me, I wasn't sure what I wanted to definitely do, whether I wanted to go on a specialty route or not. But also, um, doing it the way I did it rather than having it as two separate years. So, when you do, like, you apply for foundation year or you apply for a DCT year, you can literally be anywhere in the country because you're ranked against everybody else who's applied in the country. So, one year, you could have ended up in Scotland. The other year, you could have ended up in Northern Ireland or Plymouth or something like that. So, you could have been anywhere in the country. Mm. The thing the positive thing about was with the the two year scheme, which is what I did, the longitudinal scheme, um, was that you meant that you were in the same area for two years. Ah. so this was we've applied for this and we ranked it before COVID hit. Right. So I always okay. said that okay, I wanted to do something where I got a bit of mix and both and it was it was more ideal that I meant that I didn't have to move away. I knew I'd be in the same place for two years. Right. 'Cause I feel like it'd be it's quite a big transition picking up and leaving after every year to go somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. For me, it meant I was gonna be in the same practice for two years, although it was only a half a week, but it was better for continuity. And then also with the hospital side of stuff, that was split into two different um subspecialties. So
1: And was that Leeds as well?
2: Yes. So I did yeah. it was at Leeds and Wakefield. My practice was in Wakefield and right. the hospital was in Leeds. But they were like they're normally quite close together so that you can travel to both yeah um, it doesn't make
1: sense does it yeah. if you're miles apart
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> um so one of them was in the first year was max vaccine hospital and the second year was restorative oh wow so it also was a nice a, 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 a big variety of places that we i got to experience which is not normally the case when you do a, a car mm. training it's normally one specialty throughout the whole year You're lucky to
1: get a mix. That's interesting, isn't it? Actually, because you wonder why more people don't do it, or is it because there's not that many slots? Because you you get your FD experience, don't you? But then doing something like Max Fax is like whoa.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is. But Max Fax places, there's loads of those. Anybody could really get a max. It's the other specialties that you'd struggle with. So like a restorative or a or author one. So this one I got kind of the best of both worlds. I got the Max Fax experience. And I got restorative as well in my second year, so which made a nice mix for me. And it was definitely the one I mm. wanted to do. The other ones were like fully max facts for two years, which I was very grateful I didn't have to do because I kind of very quickly knew that that's not what I wanted not to do. Not for you, <laughs> not for me. I enjoyed the minor oral surgery, minor oral surgery side of stuff, but uh, for me, like the actual like theatre time and stuff, and it's very, it's a very political environment to be in. Mm. Oh, really? So, yeah, oh. it was, um, and it's there is there is an environment where seniors do have favorites and you're not always treated really? the nicely when you've been at the bottom of the the food chain in that respect of with yeah. the work that you're doing and stuff like that as well and um, yeah so for me it was it was just something that I I felt that I couldn't like there was days where I'd come on crying cause wow. it was just that negative like or that negative experience that you had or whatever um or like I'd got upset during the day because of how somebody spoke to me or something like that mm. and I was just like It's not the kind of environment. You have to have a really thick skin, I think, to do, even to do medicine. I was like, oh, medics get this all the time. So I'm glad I didn't do medicine. Yeah, yeah, for me, that was definitely, um, it was a good, it was a good uh, opportunity for me because it means I only had to do one interview as well. So I didn't go through the interview process Mm. again as well. And then by chance, obviously COVID hit and it meant I had job security for two years. Mm, compared, to, yeah. compared to other people yeah. who didn't have that. Where they left FD, some practices were, like, closing and stuff like that, so the jobs were far, and, far wow. in view between for new associates, and mm. if you were the first to come in, you'd be the first to leave as well. And sorry, oh. the last to oh. leave, <clears throat> the first to leave.
0: Yeah. It's a
1: great experience, isn't it, for two years, you know, for those two years, you're sort of, like, almost overcome with mm. <laughs> experience of yeah. of but, but brilliant also in the fact of you quickly identified you didn't want to mm. do max facts i mean it's it, yeah i think it's great
0: i suppose also you've got the thing of one it, it made you discount max facts okay the minor surgery bit but yeah. discount max facts quite quickly mm. but also gave you exposure to restorative which yeah. is a, a big part of modern dentistry yeah. Yeah. but i also imagine as well, One of the things that many younger dentists talk about is the lack of um, true clinical experience they achieve whilst at dental school, yeah. just because there's lots of, you know, admin and, and, and um, risk mitigation that, that yeah. goes on. Um, f- for you, I imagine that this process gave you lots of front end patient experience and dental experience. So your clinical skills probably mm. came on quite quickly as a result of going through that program
2: yeah um so there, I think there's a mix really because the restorative side of stuff for me I expected a bit to be a bit more advanced and it was very right. much very old school mechanical kind of dentistry not the new like leave in the bond kind of stuff so I was trying to implement stuff that I'd learned out of dental school out of DCT that I was doing on courses or so and they were like no just stick to the old materials that we're used to using and like it's quite an old school kind of for oh, the okay. restorative dentistry and is, doctors, it, it,
0: it is, that, is that a combination of the style of the people who are doing the teaching as well as access to technology because part of me thinks that, yeah, that think technology is. is not cheap and in a learning environment being able to afford new technology is expensive hmm. therefore I can, I can see why and perhaps teaching older methods like are more yeah, manual yeah. in their approach I mean, it's, it's not
2: even just the the digital like for example it's not just the digital side of stuff it's that materials that you used if we're, if we're used to using like metal uh, porcelain used to metal crowns which have been around for years mm, yeah They'll use those over like Emacs, which is more expensive. Like, why mm. do you just that, this, that, and the other? Um, and like um, certain equipment, I was like, well, can we get this? And I was like, why do you need that? Just use this instead. I was like, it doesn't give the kind of the same result. So I was a bit kind of a little bit stuck in that respect. But mm. yeah, going back to the experience side of stuff, I think in general, dental school, the amount of experience you get has dropped throughout the years. And I think COVID didn't help, obviously, the years after me as well. Because yeah. mm. um, I remember when I was in MaxVax one, one day, and I'd finish my clinic and I would came to help out on the student side of stuff with the, with an emergency department where students see. And like fourth year, there's only been taken out like their third tooth. By the time that we were in fourth year, we'd probably taken out 70 teeth Like by that time.
1: Wow. yeah, wow, That's a massive difference yeah. in not very long.
2: <laughs> yeah. But we had the hospital. So we'd be sent out to hospital to go and do a placement for a week. Um, and then you get to do loads of extractions there. But obviously that was cancelled for them as well. Mm. So that's why we got like, a lot of my totals. Right, came I them. see, yeah. Um, but even in respect of, like, the amount of root canals that we had to do, has far. far there's a massive difference between what mm. it used to be compared to what it is now. Like, I think when I was there, it was, like, five canals. It didn't have to be even five teeth. It had to be five canals. So it could be a one molar and a couple of single teeth mm. as well. Or, it, like, compared to what it used to be back in the day, like, people were doing, like, 30 and stuff like that and had to come out with, like, 30 root canals before wow. they could. And, and that for me is like a massive that the experience that you get in dental school does not prepare you for mm. uh, for general practice. And I think it's a mm. massive shock to the system, even though um, COVID slowed it down for us because yeah, we had to practice on phantom heads when we got into uh, our foundation year. It still slowed it down massively for us. Um, wow. And with, without COVID, it would have done as well, I think.
1: Do you think Iman that the um you know you were saying that you would come home crying for something. Yeah. do you feel that's helped you sort of toughen up a bit and you've sort of like become more robust and resilient from that unpleasant experiences that you had
2: um yes and no, I think in some respects, yes, because it's like it's one person's opinion kind of thing, like how this beacon that doesn't reflect everybody, but at the same time, I believe that manners cost no nothing. And I feel like regardless of what, where you are in your career,
1: mm.
2: it doesn't cost you anything to be nice to somebody who's slightly less senior than you are. Mm-hmm. Like I would never speak to my nurse in that way. Uh, or I would never speak to my, my boss but never speaks to me in that way. And I think it's just the environment that you're in. And I feel like there's, there's no real excuse for that, apart from mm. they've probably been treated like that. And now they've taken on that role as that person mm. where they're a bit more horrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think yeah. people should come in with some change. To be fair, um, but whether it happens or not is a different matter. So, mm.
3: yeah.
1: well, I suppose, as you say, if that's the, I suppose it's the same as anything really. If that's the way you've been taught or been brought up, then the likelihood is you're going to just repeat that, aren't you? Yeah. On yeah. someone else who happens to be below you
0: which is which is bizarre isn't it because if you're we all know what being (coughs) treated well and treating badly (coughs) looks and feels like and how we'd like to be treated so (laughs) why if you've been treated badly you wouldn't think well i didn't like it in that moment Mm. therefore Mm. i would much prefer to have been treated like this so i'm going to go out of my way to treat people like that to kind of break that 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 chain of behavior but Unfortunately, I don't think, I think historically when you study human behaviour, no. um, you know, people that have been treated a particular way tend to go on and treat yeah, other people thing. like that way. Exactly.
1: Um, Repeating, isn't it? Which I don't want say uh, everybody, everybody was
2: like that. Everybody no, 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 like no, no. I'm repeated. just saying it's an interesting yeah. one, isn't it?
1: Does yeah. it make you sort of like think, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, and also, I suppose the other way, it probably, as you said, it inspires you to be different. Yeah. <laughs> so it inspires yeah. you to be like you were saying, you know, yeah. manners cost nothing, that sort yeah. of thing. So that's what I'm going to predicate.
2: But yeah, I think I think what it is is like now when I think back to it, it, is like there was actually a lot of nice people, but you don't remember the nice you always <laughs> stick to the negative. Yeah. I'm thinking back now so that's I I yeah. always some this really well that like we had a good laugh and a joke and stuff like that. But the thing that sticks with me is like, oh, this is how I was treated. That like, that feeling is never gonna mm. go. Like whenever I think of working in Max, Max that that negative feeling comes mm. back first compared Mm. how it fires out with anything positive that was there for me which is a real shame
0: isn't it it's a real shame that that real strong emotional feeling sticks yeah Mm. yeah
2: yeah and i've never and i've never experienced that in any any job that i've ever had or any Mm. anything like that so for that that just sticks out for me and it's and it's it's a shame it really is a shame
0: Mm. Uh, Talking about um, positive environments, you're heavily involved with the BACD, yes, uh, and also Dentinal Tubals as well. And yes. as, as an organisation through Print Associates, we we support both of those organisations. Yes. We think they're great in the work they're doing. Um, you're also actively involved, not just as somebody that attends the events, but kind of helping support them and, and organise yes. them. What what drew you to to both of those organisations? Why were they an important part of your your career?
2: So um, the BSED, I was uh, I was introduced to it as a student, really, because I was they would do like a student rep thing where you'd be a rep for a year and get to a conference for free, accommodation is paid for. And I was like, oh, this sounds like an amazing opportunity.
1: Free, <laughs> free, I love free. Everyone loves free. <laughs>
2: Everybody loves free. <laughs> and it was like, I was like, yeah, accommodation, travel, uh, everything paid for for this. Why would I not apply for it? Uh, but. I've come quickly come to realize that that was, that really that organisation like how I was treated, it made me feel really welcomed. Even as a student, mm-hmm. I was That's I pretty. felt really welcomed, and it felt like oh, do you need any help? This that and the other, and I soon found that I had a lot of friends from it, and I networked, and it's really helped me. And like people were seeing as a student, I was attending events and stuff like that, and it really helped me build my not just my connections, but even as a student, I was offered to go. On courses for either the free or um at a discounted rate and it meant i was getting the same knowledge as somebody who's graduated maybe two mm. two years mm. post i a uh, bit like after they graduated i'm getting the same knowledge as a student yeah. and i was like this is so good so when i actually did graduate and i went to a talk or something and they talk about using this method i was like i already know how to do that kind of thing mm. so it was really for me it was really good and it has really helped me not just people my age but i feel like it's also introduced me to a wider community of the the dental world, like like yourselves, like yourselves. It? So I would not think I would have come across you guys as well. I think we, I think our connection with my Andy was through COVID. Actually, the first time yeah. that happened, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but yeah, like and like with dental tubules as well. Student rep again once with that, um, mm. but that was because they had like local events to my area as well. Mm. So they used to do like a, we used to have a study club, and I used to attend events with that. And it was just such a but the thing with the dental tubules bills is it's different to be a cd they're both equally as good as each other in their own rights the dental new covers a whole vast majority of different areas from like root canals endodontics um perio gum health and to all the different specialties it's not like just cosmetic dentistry like the cd no. um so there's a there's a there's a completely different kind of audience that you get with the dental tubes mm. mm. that you get to the BScD, but they're both equally supportive, and they're both equally um, really fun people to be around, and they're all very supportive and encouraging of you. And I think that's what's really helped me is like um, when, so whilst I was at uni, and then obviously my dad fell ill during that time, mm. uh, it was I lost a lot of friends because I wasn't able to. Um, spend as much time with my friends as they used to and during that Mm. a lot of my friends who didn't really understand the situation Mm. where I wasn't able to like go for food after uni Mm. like my dad was my priority like coming home to look after him to look after him and it I felt very uh, isolated Mm. um, in my was from third year of uh, dental school Mm. and I really submersed myself into like the extracurricular stuff and I didn't mention really what was going on in my family life, but everybody was so supportive and encouraging, regardless of what was going on in my life. In these, uh, in these committees that I was, um, you know, involved with, mm. that I actually found that a lot of my friends became people who were slightly older than me, or a good mm. couple of years older than me, and they were really supportive. And they would, they were like people would say to me, they would never understand that I what I was going on at home with me because they would always be so positive and always wanting to help. And I think yeah. that's really helped because I've always wanted to help educate other people. Mm. And I've always been really supportive of wanting people to do really well because mm. it's, it is difficult. And seeing where I've got to from the help I've got to, I want to be that person to help the next person along as well. So I think that's mm. really
0: important for me. Mm. No, I, I think wow. that's a, a, a great thing. And it's interesting for me, I'm sort of, as, as you're talking, you think about those two organisations and we've had Susie Rowland on, um, mm. who, who's obviously spearheaded the BACD from, yeah. from the beginning and, and the work that she does, but her her energy and her inclusiveness is kind of almost what you've just described. And yeah. then at two balls you think of Drew Shah yeah. and his energy and his vision. And yeah. those organisations, both having really strong leaders and creating an environment where it's comfortable for you and, and other dentists, be them young or old, yeah. uh, to feel comfortable and grow, it's nice to hear mm, that. Obviously, we're not clinical at all, so we yeah. see it from a different different <laughs> viewpoint. Yeah. But to hear you describe it in in those tones is, is lovely. That that's how it it feels from a from a clinician.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah Point
0: of view. W- would you say? The because obviously you 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 got exposed to these organisations relatively early on in your yeah. career. Are, are they more or less important than ever? These organisations for younger dentists. Do, do, do you do you encourage young young dentists to engage with organisations like the BACD and tubules early on in their career?
2: Yeah, I think the the earlier the better, really. Because as soon as dental school's over with, like everybody's in their own way. You might stay in contact. I probably stay in contact with like five maximum mm. people from university. Not just so that I've fallen out with anybody or anything like that. It's just <laughs> everybody's Everybody's just so busy in their own life. They're yeah. moving on with their life. They've got free aspirations. They've got family aspirations. Some people I know like have had kids already and people have got married. Everybody has a different career path and it's very it's very difficult to stay in contact with everybody that you were very close Mm. to in university. And I think it's very Mm. convenient to be friends with everybody in university because that is your group of people that you're going to see for five years. Whereas when you're outside of that, you're kind of then isolated to your nurse and yourself in your room for a full, for a full day, Mm. whatever, how low, how many days you work. And for me, it's finding those like-minded people. And if you enjoy it, if you enjoy going to um, different events and stuff like that, you'll find like-minded people like, most of my friends aren't based around where where i live yep. most of my friends are like london birmingham this that, and the other so it's i don't see them all the time but i know they're literally on the other side of the phone if i need them i chat to them mm. regularly and that's that's just that's, that's uh that's enough you know, for me to know that i've got a supportive network who are mm. very like minded to i am than than somebody who i used to be at, uni with yeah. but i've probably drifted mm. apart from and we just yeah. don't have the mm. same our visions don't yeah. align anymore which doesn't mean that their their vision's wrong or my vision no, no, different no, no. it's just mm. different well, you're
1: back to acquaintances different. and friends aren't yeah
0: they? yeah i also find it fascinating that you can feel close to somebody and know they're available but geographically be at other end of the country you know you can pick up the phone you know that they'll be available you might yeah. not see them that often but there's yeah. something that that takes you kind of you feel close to those people. Yeah. In terms of the, so you're working in a couple of mixed practices yeah. at the moment. So yeah. you've got some some private work and some yeah. and some NHS work. Is the NHS work you do important to you?
2: It is, but it's also not an environment that I'd stay in for much longer. To be fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tell NHS us why. NHS is NHS was great. Yeah. It's just not feasible to do. Especially post COVID, it's made it very difficult. Um, you'll see patients who haven't been seen for two to three years. They'll come in mm-hmm. with a handful of problems, and yep. you the the job is to try and stabilize them first, and then see them again for appointments. Yeah, but you could I could I've got a patient at the moment that I probably spent like five hours of work on, and at the end of that, the what the patient will pay will be seventy seventy
3: pounds seventy. mm
2: and I'd get five UDs at the rate that I'd be paying for that. So I don't get paid much for that. And I've still got some yeah. work left to do on them. Um, they're nervous. They're anxious. They've got loads of fillings that need doing. They need so many teeth taken out. And it's just planning it to try and... Like, you need to try and work a way that you can actually try and make some money. And it's really hard to actually make any money worth the time that you're spending on some of these patients. Which doesn't... That doesn't affect the amount of care that I give my patients. But mm. it affects... My, affects what I can do with my money at the end of that, at, at the end of that, because I mm. won't be paid if I've spent six, seven hours on a patient and I've been paid like less than what national minimum wage is at the end of that, then it's it's yeah. just doesn't. And
0: you're and and you're a highly skilled person as well.
2: Mm. Yeah, and for me, like as much as the NHS is a very good thing to have in place, there needs to be a massive, dramatic change for in order for it to be still feasible for a patient to be able to attend because people are not wanting to take on NHS contracts or they mm. they're dropping their NHS contracts and um also to be able, because I'm more about I had a one-to-one on Monday and my boss said to me we can definitely see you're more patient clinical driven than you are financially driven and I'm glad I'm seen that way because mm. I'm there to give the patient's care and the money's because of the care that I give my patients mm. if I can't deliver that care to the level that I want to I still feel like I'm not doing a good justice to my patient or to mm. myself and sometimes I'm like oh, if I could have just used that private stuff on that. <laughs> <laughs> mm. It's just that, it's just, mm. it's very difficult to, um, and
0: I guess because you're seeing both sides of the fence, you got a foot what, in both yeah, camps. You, and you, yeah. you know what materials are available. Yeah. You know yeah. the outcomes you can achieve. What I could yeah. Do. yeah, and that that must be quite frustrating to know that yeah. in one environment you're limited by time and resources yes. and yeah. materials, yeah. and in the other one it's open ended, but it has yeah. to be paid for. And that, that's not a that's not an easy kind of um, square to to round off the edges. Exactly. And, and
1: as you say, it doesn't sit well, really, because it? yeah. you're yeah. sort of no. almost. Und doing what you could do because you know yeah. you could actually do better. That makes
0: yeah.
2: sense. And I also think it's it's one of those things is like private dentistry, it doesn't have to be like, you know, like the composite bonding. It's just doing good standing mm, yeah. work with the right amount of time to then have you have a conversation with your patient. I find that with my private patients, I'm just spending my clinical work. Yes, it takes a certain number of time. But I end up having a conversation with a patient that I wouldn't be able to have in the chair mm. with an NHS patient. It's like sit down, open your mouth, let me get started. Kind of yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> it's We've not got long. Let's get yeah. going.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's really. It's just for me. It's just having the time to do the right work and not. Mm. So this is what the thing was. Somebody asked me this question: as like what? Like what is the thing that like makes it like what you want to do like dentistry wise?" And I was like go into bed. With a clear conscience, knowing I've done the best for my patients, and I feel like that's not always the case when when I'm working on the NHS. And I feel that's it's a very difficult to balance the two two side mm-hmm. of things. But then again, I've just um, so for example, like you talk about networking. Um, somebody from the uh, so I'm obviously on BAPD as well. So the um, yes uh, for the young membership for the uh, British Association of Private Dentists. So I was this is where your networking comes in. So I was there's not a lot of practices that I know around where I am that um do the kind of dentistry that I want to do into the mm. private level that I want to do it out in yeah. the skill set that I want to learn um and get mentored from and then I was put in contact with somebody from the by the BAPD and now I've been offered a job in a fully private practice mm. through that so that's where your networks it's not just what you know mm. it's also who you know you've got to have obviously the clinical ability
3: yeah to yes do
2: that but mm. you also have to have like I'm happy to help anybody who comes my mm. way like I have patients whose children are like. Going into dentistry, it's like just drop, tell them to drop me a message if they want any help. Yeah. I'm happy to mm. help this and the other. This is
1: great. It's
2: yeah. it's really important to be able to if you've been helped by somebody. I think it's really important that you help the next person.
1: Yeah, pass it. And on. I,
2: it, mm-hmm. it is literally the case of passing it on. And if you if you're not doing that, there's going to be a generation that's lagging behind, and yeah. that's not their fault. That's our fault. Who have uh, taken advantage of the help that we've got, but we're not giving it mm. to anybody.
1: Mm. I've just got a very frivolous question, really. So I wonder when you stop becoming the representative of the young. I wonder you know, I wonder, I wonder who tells you. Do you decide or does someone go? All
2: right, Chris, I'm already old, so I shouldn't be on the young one.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's what a fascinating thing, isn't it? I wonder when someone goes, well, actually, I mean, What a conversation. Uh, well, actually, I? you're uh, too old now too many to represent the young ones. I'd, I'd, I'd hope
0: it's it's presented in a, in language of you've graduated you've, <laughs> as opposed to you're now old. You're now old, so <laughs> get off. Uh, I'd, yeah. I'd couch it in terms of graduation. Do, do you have an ambition to be a practice owner one day?
2: I think part of me is yes and part of me is no. I feel like there's loads of stressors that come with it. But if I was to do it, it probably would be with a partner. I don't think it's something I could do slowly, oh, yeah. And I think that's because it gives you both a life. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it yeah, yeah. It's hard work on do, your own,
0: for sure. I'm yeah.
2: good at delegating, which right now I don't think is my strongest point right now. I'm like, like am still young.
0: Exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. The committee tells us that. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but oh, I mean, what you say is right. I think, you know, lots of dental practices are owned by solopreneurs. You know, they're, they're, they're men or ladies who um, own it, run it on their own. Um, yeah. I, I'm with you. Um, I, I think having partners, oh, you know, Chris same. and I, um, we own a number of businesses and, yeah, and, you know, we're kind of a common thread, but we have partners in, in our other businesses. There's there's no way I could do it on my own. I wouldn't want to do it on my own. Yeah. And, and I'm not smart enough. So I, I think, do you
1: remember when we, first, so when we first started, it was uh, I moved over from where we used to work. And poor old Andy was, uh, it takes about, 30 minutes, 35 minutes for me to drive home, something like that. Yeah. So poor old Andy would get a phone call every night with me downloading the horror of the day. And there was only about four people in the yeah. team, and that included <laughs> me. So, so but, without, without Andy, I'd have probably yeah. gone bonkers.
0: But it is hard. Owning and running a business is hard. So I think for you to be having the foresight now that says, I might do it, but I'd have a partner at least it kind of points you in, in, in the right direction. Mm. And it may happen, it, it, it may not happen. At the yeah. moment, you're still very early on in your career. so <laughs> She's you, very young. Exactly. <laughs> you, you, you don't know what, what, what direction it's, it's no, going to take you. Yeah. Um, a, a sort of a side swipe question. What, what what thing makes you happiest in life? You strike me as somebody who is generally happy. Yeah. Whenever we meet, yeah, say, yeah. whenever we talk, you Definitely. always smile, you've always got a great demeanor about you. But what's, what's the one thing that makes you happiest?
2: I think... Making my family proud is definitely something that's that nice. stands out for me. Um it's not been a diff- it's been quite a difficult couple of years for me. Um and to be able to make them proud has definitely been like is one of my highlights, especially my mum. So it's, it's
0: definitely wow. yeah. Cool. That's 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 nice. Yeah. Very nice. I sense that from the conversations we've had, but you know, every time you you've mentioned about an opportunity, you know, an opportunity to study, it needs to be local. I need to be near yeah. my family. Yeah. You know, when you kind of um, graduated and you're going to yeah. do your your you know your um, foundation year and yeah. your DCT work, you've got to be local. local. Yeah. Got to be local. You know, my yeah. practices they're local. Yeah. So, your family is a real anchor for you. Yeah. There's um, nothing
1: wrong with Huddersfield.
0: No, <laughs> absolutely not. Absolutely Football team's
1: not, not so great. But- no.
0: <laughs> No. Imam. We, we always finish up in the same way. We have two questions yep. for you. Um, the first question we have for you is if you could be a fly on a wall in a situation, Excellent. where would that be and who'd be there?
2: So this is one of the questions that I struggled with. struggle with. But I think in my head, it would be the conversation that my mum and dad had when I graduated. So my, trying to get my mum to explain to my dad because he was actually suffering from vascular dementia at the time that I no longer need to go to college or university that I've graduated. I think that would be a nice conversation to have heard because Lovely. I think for me, uh, Asian parents, they're very good at being very critical to your face and they always give you ba- good compliments to other people about you, not to your face. For <laughs> so uh, me, that excellent. conversation, it was like, whenever it was like, a if, if I was like, like, parents evening, it was like, oh, she's, an, uh, she's like the best student. And my mum would come and be like, yeah, try harder. That's what it would be. So it would always be that. <laughs> so it was always like, and having that conversation where my mum was would be able to tell my dad that I was... I graduated. My
0: hunches him on, they would have been incredibly proud of you. Yeah. Incredibly proud I of you. I think
2: they were they were a bit worried because I was a bit lazy whilst I was at um I was at college, like I'd be the last one out of bed. I was like, how's she gonna do it? How's she gonna get through college? <laughs> Never mind get to you. I'm <laughs> truly different person now. I wake up at five every morning now, but yeah, that's a that's a different story. But yeah, uh, for me that was That'd different. be good.
0: Right. That'd be good. And if you were given the opportunity to meet somebody, um, anybody you like, and sit down with them and have a cup of coffee who would you like to meet and sit down with
2: i think uh, this sounds very cliche but it'd be my dad so for those who don't know i lost my dad um in 2021 and the last three years of his life he was bed bound Mm -hmm. and it was part of um me and my sisters and my mum caring for him Mm -hmm. and um he was peg fed for the last nine months of his life and he was he had vascular dementia with because he had suffered a couple of strokes Um, so he lost that ability to retain that information so i feel like before if I could have a conversation it would be before he fell ill and just, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah.
2: and just make sure that he knew that um I was so proud of everything that he's done for us to be able to mm. sacrifices that he's given yeah. um and my mum has given to be able to have the the life and the, the lifestyle we had and the amount of the education the opportunities that we've got and mm-hmm. the support that we got from him um it was really it was really, really important for me yeah
0: Oh, very mm. sweet, wow. very sweet. Show shows that family obviously Yeah, family's for, for you. For you yeah, yeah, for you yeah. and your your siblings and your mum. It's it, it, yeah. it's important, really important to you. Yeah. Now he'd be very proud. I, Imagine the party! So. <laughs> yes, yeah. And also, you're still so early on in your career. You know, yeah. you 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 only qualified in 2020. You know, it's that thing you've got so much it. more. It does, oh, yeah. doesn't it? It's that only three
1: years? Isn't it? it? Yeah.
0: But it. also the speed of change of, of how dentists is moving. You know, there's people who like are coming towards the end of their career saying oh there's digital stuff you're gonna be kind of seeing the next 20 30 years of changes coming down the line it's yeah. it's a an incredible yeah, time for, to be in dentistry.
1: 30 years of their career very little changed yes and then it's like yeah.
0: yeah yeah
1: absolutely
2: it's, going to be, it's just gonna be crazy how quickly things move now I think it's just one of those things that
1: it, dentistry,
2: was it? always evolving and it's just one of those things is like like this I don't know if you saw this article about being trying to be able to grow teeth.
1: I was about to say, yes. there's this thing yeah, about growing teeth, wasn't it? it.
2: That yeah. saves me a job, doesn't it? Takes me out of a job, doesn't it?
1: <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I read the. I was yeah. about to say the same article yeah. in the fact about their, their growing yeah. teeth. And I'll I get thinking, a job Flip. with
2: you guys if I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's right. It'll, it'll just all be cosmetic because they they'll probably grow them. They won't look very nice. <laughs> no, teeth? there's lots of there's there's, yeah. there's, there's, there's there's lots of changes
0: coming for sure. sure iman it's been wonderful thank you um like i say i i do marvel at the amount you've done um already and it is is (laughs) are you gonna say so young no 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 (laughs) but it's just it's just just such early days it's such early days So i'm excited to see the um the years roll out as as they do for you 20
1: years time i'll be retired (laughs) (laughs) and you'll still be young (laughs)
0: well we'll wish you well with no doubt at all we're going to be seeing you in event i think yep. we're both going to be at the BACD congress yep. later in the year so yep. lovely to see you there see you but in the meantime evening. keep well and, and appreciate your time
2: yeah definitely thank you very much for having Except me no, thanks so much. It's
0: lovely, love brilliant cheers thank you for listening to this episode of dentology where we discuss the business of dentistry if you like what you heard please do subscribe where you found this episode that would be amazing and also follow us on instagram